When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. show on a redemption thursday thanks for joining us i'm jeff that is tom in manhattan director matthew sitting in the producer's chair on twitter it's at jay cameron show if you're wondering and thanks so much for all of you tuning in today on the war chant feed or driving around listening to us on 93.3 we do appreciate it especially especially those that drive around and listen to us while working hard man see you guys out there it's always fun i've talked to Many a mailman or UPS driver or whatever that listens to the show. appreciate that. That's always cool, and we appreciate you. I've said before, I think if I didn't do this, I don't know, a number of things I'd like to do, but maybe at this stage of my lifetime, driving around a UPS truck wouldn't be so bad. You don't really have to deal with, uh, you know, I mean, fleetingly you do. You don't have to deal with that many people. You can just kind of be in your own space doing your thing, driving, dropping stuff off, on to the next. Yeah, you get in good shape too, man. Lifting all that stuff, you'd be able to pick up an awkward box that's sixty-five oh, pounds yeah. and dense, and you could just run it across a front lawn, drop it off. You could even time yourself if you wanted to get a workout in. I was going to say you could do things to break up the monotony, because I think you would you would have to. I mean, obviously, you'd listen to the Jeff Cameron show, but you would you'd listen to podcasts, you'd do things like that. But then, as far as the day to day, like I'm dropping off the package. Here we go. Got to drop off this package at J.C. Penney. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm going to drop off this package. Hey, how about I see how fast I can drop off this package Wednesdays at noon? Woo! There you go. Speedy Gonzalez. That's right. Yeah, you can have some fun with it. By the way, you uh, I see the look on your face. You think dropping off the package is sexual innuendo. No, it's just the, <laughs> the repeated use of it. The repeated use of it, unabashedly so, caught my ear. After about the third one, I thought, all right, I see, uh, I no, see you working. I wasn't that- See, I like that you assume that of me, but that's not what I was doing. I was literally thinking about running around, dropping off the package. <laughs> Even now, saying it, it sounds crazy. But uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the promotion thing again, just because there's a lot of catching up to do. 
I didn't last hour I brought it up with the newcomers and the articles that we have and the videos that we have at warchant.com for all the new players. And, uh, I, you know, you and I have not specifically spoken of uh, Gilbert Edmond. How excited were you the more you delved into that? Because I'm going to tell you, I got very excited about Gilbert Edmond. Um, I am cautiously optimistic. I, I want to see him and see how he interacts with Florida State's tackles in spring camp. But that rotation needed help. It wasn't just that Jared Verse had to come back and was a critical piece. Mm -hmm. The drop-off was fairly significant when Jared was not on the field. Patrick Payton would be that guy who could flash two or three times in a game, and he shows good instincts, and he's got to get in the gym. So that's one guy. McClendon, I thought, was going to have a more explosive season. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what another year development does for him. But you got to have multiple guys who can make a difference and then also who can somebody who can stand up to the run. Like my, my thought is if Edmund could be the Keir Thomas to Jared verse being Jermaine Johnson, along with this defensive interior, you've got yourself the makings of a group that can get you off the field when you have to get off the field. And I think that's one of the things that's missing that could take Florida state from a playoff contender to a national championship contender. So you got to have that depth. It's not just about your frontline players. Well, I bring it up because it, as we talk about the defensive end position, I couldn't help but notice today that Lamont Green Jr. is listed on the roster as 6'3", 206 pounds. Now, he mentioned that he's going to you know, give it his all in the weight room and, and work with Coach Storms, and he called those workouts, quote, brutal, but he knows it's going to help him. Were you a little disappointed by that weight? Because I'm not going to lie, I was. Um, I think the frame is there. I'm not going to pretend to be Jimbo, who was excellent at this and projecting what guys could turn into. And, and this coaching staff has done a pretty good job, especially in the portal of seeing what, you know, like 20 year olds could become, but you know, that's a lot of eating between now and when he's going to see the field and games that matter. But this is also why high school recruiting when you're not Alabama or Georgia is about development and projection a little bit. There will be a time, I think, you win double-digit games plus again this year, especially in the regular season. You'll bring in five guys next year at minimum who in spring camp or their first camp on campus, you say, that's it. That's a dude. That's what we're trying to get to. Right Uh, now, you're still kind of in betwixt. Yeah, and he he could very well end up being a great player, and uh, I'm excited that we got him. I'm not I'm not trying to gloss over what he's potentially going to be, and I understand that freshmen come in and they're not always ready to play, and that's not abnormal. Even if they're elite level players, that it's not abnormal. But I just 206 for a defensive end. You're like, woo, we're gonna have to get a lot bigger, not a little bigger, a lot bigger, like 45 pounds bigger soon. <laughs> you know, like, but maybe he can, well, maybe it, he can. If he's a speed guy for you or a stand-up guy off the edge, I mean, he can do it at 225 or 235 in college and be effective. But, I mean, you got to get to 225 or 235 before you can evaluate what he actually brings to the table against a good Power 5 offensive line. But, again, some of these guys that you bring in are two-year projects, and that's okay because he's shown that he does the hard part well, which is move quickly in short areas. It is a fun assignment to be 206 pounds, needing to be 236 pounds. What a cool deal. I would love to do that again. Uh, I was trying to get to be 215 my senior year in high school before this summer before I went away to Etsu. I was trying to get to 215, 220, and I worked at the, the Don Cesar's ice cream shop there. I've talked about this before. 
Uh, we all we all know that there was a certain video Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man machine that was short some quarters. But that said, you should be in here. You should be ah, in here for that. Stop it! It was a dedication to work. I had to pay the toll. So uh, that's what that was. And that lady who fired me for it on a hunch, she couldn't prove anything, uh, didn't recognize the, the seriousness with which I took work and the need to get to work. That said, I made giant shakes, chocolate peanut butter, ice cream, bananas, strawberries, threw in some more ice cream and whipped cream and fudge. And I made these huge shakes every day that I was there. That's what you should have fired me for. I probably, I used so much product while I was there. It was crazy. I would drink two or three of those every day just to try to gain two or three pounds in a month. I was just plowing through those things. If I look at an ice cream sundae now, I'm 250. It is absurd. I, I It's the dumbest thing ever. I have one bad week. I get kicked in the cojones. I'm 227 right now. I want to be 215 by the end of February, and I can't get there if I have one sandwich. One. It's it's amazing. And I would be 260 if I didn't go to Orange Theory. So the Tom, it's he's got the greatest assignment in the world. I hope you enjoy this, Lamont Green Jr. I hope you take this time to say, oh, this is going to be a good life for the next year and a half. Yeah, you got to do the lifting. And that part of it can be tough. Those workouts aren't easy, but those are kind of fun. Workouts aren't aren't all that uh, uh, torturous if you're excited to be a good football player. That's just part of the process. The eating is the thing he's got to embrace. My two nephews, between the two of them, and they're uh, 14 and 16, I think they've put on, in terms of height, over a foot in the last it's, year and yeah, a half. Yeah. They've had their, their you know string bean spurts, and now that's what they look like, string bean young men. But when I play online video games with them from Atlanta and, and Palm Harbor, I don't think I hear them not chewing on something oh, they're when they're talking incessantly. to me. Yeah. It, it's an hour and a half. And and so, uh, you know, I'll say, hey, go get that guy over there. Or they'll say, hey, you got a bad guy behind you. And it's per- you're so far behind you. And then they they stop playing for 30 seconds. And I'm like, where are you? So, Go to the fridge, get some more food. I'm like, my God, what it was like at that time was incredible. But here's the good news. The weather's only getting better into spring, buddy. So when we go to Capital City Country Club together, yeah. we just walk the nine. That's a good walk for the front nine at Cap City. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a test. It's a test. You like walking more than I like walking. I'm just saying. You're a big fan of the walking. <laughs> His walk is all right. It's all right. I'm not saying I, I, the, I like my push cart. I like the push cart. I'm fine with that. But the, the, the clubs on the back, eh. You like that. You like to hear because you get nostalgic. You hear the chingling about in the, in the yeah. clubs and all that good stuff. So uh, it creates a, it creates a rhythm. It's like having a drummer just following. You're like, all right, all right. Now I can play lead guitar here. I know. Uh, anyhow, I just hope he embraces this. I just really hope that Lamont gets after it. I think skill set. We're excited. It's fun to watch the uptick and caliber of player that I think Florida State's going to be bringing in. And it will be fun. This this one thing, we talk so much about the portal. I brought it up last hour, of course, because I was asked about it today uh, on a show. And and while we've really hit it hard and won the portal over and we've really been able to plug and play a lot of guys, and I'm not ever going to be uh, down on that, it is exciting to think about with another, you just referenced it, another good season, a 10-win season, that you will start to see ready-made kids walk onto campus. And it changed a long time ago. There were always freaks and outliers. 
But when Florida State, when I first started covering Florida State, you know, they would do that mile run. Freshmen would come in, and, and everybody would get their times, their weight, their size. They would have these little conditioning tests. So most schools did that. I did that when I first went away. And you'd see what these scores were. And I remember in the very beginning, when I was just starting, I think it was like 97 or 98, I was over there. And obviously, Florida State was a juggernaut at that time. But you would see true freshmen come in, and, you know, a few of them would look ready-made. A few of them would be guys that you're like, wow, who in the hell blocked that guy in high school? I feel sorry for, you know, you'd look up what city they were from, and you're like, man, the poor bastards in Lake City having to block Timmy Jernigan, you know, if we fast forward, right? But I, there, there weren't so many guys, like four- and five-star guys, that I suppose at that time were training year-round, sports-specific, hyper-focused nutrition, understood the, the advancements in that technology, weightlifting, explosive movements, functional strength, what you put in your body. It's the, the advancements in that arena have changed so much. There are, when you are an elite program, when you're recruiting the guys that you see on the field for Georgia, we talk about that clay that you mold, that walk through the door at 252 of pure muscle and can run. And Florida State hasn't been able to get those guys just yet. That's the evolution of the recruiting process for this program outside of the portal success is getting those kinds of guys that when you walk in, we talk about development. Yes, you got to develop players. But the caliber of player that walks through the door that can play some snaps, meaningful snaps in year one, greatly increases when the caliber of player is five-star, upper four-star on the regular out of high school. Yeah, I'd say, and maybe this is uh, jumping the gun again on a Thursday instead of solving for the future in its own dedicated segment. And if it is, you could stop me. <laughs> but that that's a subtext for this season that I think is critical. And while we're all going to focus on the championships that we're going for, conference first and then a playoff berth, and who knows after that. The other important thing to me is when watching spring camp and fall camp that some of these homegrown high school kids – actually start to show that they belong at Florida State and are developed. Because if you think about it, the vast majority of production, vast majority on offense or defense for this program the last couple of years has been transfer-laden. Every position group littered with transfers. Mm -hmm. Well, how about the Rodney Hills, I know, of the world, the Julian Armellas, Josh Farmer, all the defensive interior guys, Patrick Payton takes a leap, Omar Graham, AZ Thomas. What about these guys? that are of the program, committed to Florida State out of high school, can they start to take a significant chunk of the production away from what has just been almost all transfers? Because if you break down the last couple of seasons, there aren't many Pokey Wilsons out there that you could point to and say, well, this guy stuck it out and we saw him grow from an 18-year-old into his final year of eligibility. It's mostly dudes who weren't here at the outset. Also, you've got to stop losing guys that are in your backyard that are five-star players that have gone elsewhere to play football. We've lost kids to Clemson and Georgia. We lost linebackers, like perhaps one of the most talented one in the country, right here in our own backyard. That's got to stop. Now, I think it will stop because I believe that winning solves your problems. And, you know, again, people will say, well, how, how can you lose a kid that's in your own backyard? Recruiting kids in your own backyard is a unique challenge for a couple of reasons, but it's much more challenging when you suck. <laughs> so we don't suck anymore. The door, you know, they're going to answer the call. You know, somebody's going to pick up the phone now that you're calling and, and they see 850 like we talked about the other day. Uh, but 
they, a lot of times kids want out of their hometown. They want to leave where they grew up. They want to see something else, and you've got to overcome that as well. Florida State's got to do a better job of that. There's a lot of talent in Tallahassee. I always thought, especially when I first moved here way back in the early 90s, when I first came to school here, I was like, how can a little-ass Tallahassee have so many elite-level players and talented teams? Like, Lincoln dominated when I first got here. It was unbelievable with Coach Wilson, and we all know the players that they had. But it wasn't just them. I mean, Godby's had some great teams, and Leon, well, Leon stinks now, but they didn't used to. And you go through and you look at this, it's, it's amazing the amount of talent there is in Tallahassee. So I'll get excited. That's just being on a tirade. I'd, I'd like to see those kids stay home. And, and, and Florida State had to give them a reason to do so. And I think that's another part of what happened last year. They gave them a reason to do so with those wins. Well, that's the thing is I think we're rightfully, speaking honestly, based upon what I'm seeing, talking about specifically in the trenches, that this offensive line class from two cycles ago mm-hmm. was legitimate, and it's going to help us. We uh, talked about this past spring and this past fall camp, how I really love what's coming on with Daniel Lyons, Bishop Thomas, Ayo Tafasi, and now Antavius Woody moving from the offensive to the defensive line. Tafasi, like, by all, the way, number one on that list for me, but go ahead. That's all good stuff. That's all very important in the development of the program. But at some point, you know, they need to actually earn a spot, and sometimes you're going to have to do it over at transfer two. You know, and and I'm not sure that you reach critical mass this year in terms of if those guys don't, you know, crack the rotation because we brought in another large group of transfers. But that's going to have to take the place of this process. Otherwise, why do you, what are you bringing them in for? You know, you might as well just go all transfers because these are the higher level recruited guys. In two years, Lucas Simmons and Julian Armello should be together with Kanaya Charlton and, and Sap in that rotation of the top seven or top eight in the offensive line. Right. And they will. They bet they better be, but you know I'd like to heart start having those names come up as solutions. Az Thomas should be a preseason All ACC pick after know, this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, that you're allowed to have high school kids that, and tell their stories for three years. You know? I'm gonna check mark this though because I gotta tell you, Tom, every kid you just named, I think will. I mean, you literally, quite literally, maybe this was intentional. Everyone you named, I went, yeah, well, they're going to. Those are all real good players. And they've already shown enough in the way of growth early in their careers to suggest that's exactly where they're headed. They're not, there are some kids on this roster, I'm not going to name names right now, that we brought in a couple years ago that I'm like, man, I'm not seeing it. I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> you know, like you get, you get to a place where if you haven't seen it, you got to show me something. You can show me something in year one, not something that makes me think you're going to start next year or that you should be jumping people on the depth chart, but you got to show me something in these practices that we're fortunate enough to get to attend. And there are a few guys that you're like, uh, that didn't, uh, it's not going to work. Well, I think that's why the loss of Malik McLean, while not critical to your seasons, you know, it's not the balance of the season that was lost because Malik left. He was showing signs that he was going to be one of those breakthrough stories. And it would have been nice to see it come to maturity in the same place yeah. that he committed. But you know what? Kentron could be a guy like that. And Hakeem Williams is certainly going to have a very good chance to be one of those players for us straight out of high school as well. I think Kentron is the same player. He's They're pretty close. much the I- same player. I think Malik has a little bit more explosiveness to him. But not much. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, not much. I think they're the same guy. Uh, and I'm not trying to offend either one of them. I like both kids. I just think they're the same. Like, if I'm just evaluating receivers, I'm like, eh, pretty much the same receiver. 
Um, so he he should greatly benefit. Kentron should really benefit by Malik leaving, and we wish Malik well. I don't often say that about everybody that leaves the program. But, uh, Tom, I saw your question on here. I'll get to it in a minute. I like the question. It's always fun to talk about personnel, especially when you have a lot of options. And we haven't had a lot of options for pass rush situations, um, obvious runs, those kinds of things. You kind of knew, well, these three dudes have got to be on the field because we don't have anybody else that's going to get the job done. That has changed. That has shifted. That is also an area where – Obviously, the transfer portal helped you yet again. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I mentioned it a moment ago, so I'll get into it here in just a second. And it actually works well because this is the segment that traditionally we uh, segue nicely, collaborate with my friends from ISF, best in the business. We all know you want to do amazing things. You work for state government and you've got big goals and visions. You work hard trying to get your agency to move forward. You have uh, unique challenges in state government, and um, look, you got to call ISF to help out. It is their is their expertise that's going to help you with your vision, and uh, it is an IT strategy firm, and they've been serving clients over fifteen hundred projects, well over I don't know eighty ninety clients, something like that, for over forty years. Crazy. 
and they evaluate and refine your process and they collaborate in order to help you. So we were asked before the break about the, the defensive line. Tom asked this question and, uh, he wanted to know both, know, you know, obviously the obvious run, short yarded situations, as well as the uh, pass rush. And Tom and I have been talking a lot about this today. It's a fun topic. It's a good off-season topic. Uh, and I'll answer it in a second. But, but Tom, I'm going to bring you in right now because before we do so, we have another solving for the future aspect. Somebody emailed me in show that was listening to whether or not you plan future scheduling beyond the years of 90. In show, buddy. Wow. Okay. And have they stated their age for the record? They have, and they're not 90. But okay. I don't think he's going to mind me saying his name, not his full name, but his name and age because he was quick to respond at 1.30 today listening to the segment. So credit to you, Michael, who emailed me. Michael writes, this 76-year-old is still excited about the future schedules. I had a guy once tell me, Jeff, there are three phases to retirement. The go-go phase, the slow-go phase, and the no-go phase. He writes, I'll be 77 this July. I'm looking at future schedules and planning my trips right now. That makes me still in the go-go phase. I'm loving it, and I'm not looking back. Mike in Tallahassee. Thank you, Mike. I sounded like Casey Kasem for a second. That was fantastic. I appreciate you. If I had a dedicated song to play for you in this moment, I would. And we'd all sit back and smile and hope to be Mike in future years as we plan our trips surrounding Florida State football. Would you pick a song by the Go-Go's? Because that's the low-hanging fruit right there. Well, Casey Kasem would, but I would not. Yeah, okay. I figured... (laughs) I'm going to use that, though. Yeah. For You should use it for your parents. I'm going to use it for my parents. The, the go-go, slow-go, and no-go phase. I think I think they could all speak to that. Right now, I got all my folks and my aunts and uncles that are close. They're all in the go-go phase. But I can see the slow-go phase coming here soon. I yeah. just hope that's not too soon. Yeah, Mike serves as inspiration and is excited and is planning trips right now. And I really appreciate the email, Mike. Thank you very much. That is cool. I just checked it during the break. Thought, I wonder if anybody did. And he had. He was right there at the top of the list. We'll check for others. But uh, my dad is still in the go-go phase, and he'll be here this weekend. Pops rolling into town. Got to do a little Christmas celebration with him. It never ends. Never ends. These celebrations with extended family that live all over the world. Uh, and so uh, he's coming to town. We're going to do that. But I, uh, you know, he's always planning. He called me two weeks ago and said, all right, when that schedule comes out, which are the ones that you want to go to? What are we looking at? Which ones do you want to go to that you're going to cover as a media member? And which one are you going to go to with me as my son and FSU fan and have a good time at? And um, I, I can't get him... Like, he won't go anymore down to Miami. He won't go to Florida. He won't do it anymore. I think he's reached an age where it's just too much for him to deal with that, you know? Uh, I tell him, no, man, you got to embrace that, but he won't do it. You've got to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of your Pittsburgh trip because we play at Pitt this year. Yeah, and what a cool anniversary. I was with my father, obviously, and we went there, and uh, I wore uh, a very, very old vintage Florida State shirt. And uh, you know from whom. And uh, got rained on and then watched almost a near-perfect performance on the 50-yard line surrounded by Pitt fans who were like, who the hell is this kid? 
Yeah, that shirt was from uh, the most beloved 90-plus-year-old listener in show history. That wasn't related to you or me. Like that, that I think that's easily Earl's championship that is going to stand for some time. Yeah, and it's pretty funny because Earl would raise a glass with you post-90 and, uh, and love it and then have a second and laugh with you and talk intelligently, insightfully about any number of things, 95, yeah, or maybe five drinks. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Maybe. Yes, that's maybe. what I He would. He would. I still have the shirt, Tom. Still have the shirt, not getting rid of it. He gave me a second one, too, years later. Uh, all right, so wanted to do that. Now, back to this question that Tom asked, and um, I, thought, I thought it was a fun one. And he asked, Jeff and Tom, who do you think we see on third and long, third and fourth and short on the defensive line? And he writes, so many options. Well, that is the key to this whole thing as we solve for the future. And we're doing so with Florida State's defensive line. And I think you nailed it. We can go a lot of different directions here. But the fact that you have options, and I would just look at them as speed and beef. So beef for short yardage, options, several. Speed for, you know, obvious passing downs, you've got some. You know, you don't have enough. That's where we see a shortage uh, off the edge, rushing the passer. Not enough options there. I mean, we all know Verse is going to be on the field. And, I mean, I, I, I think it's you, you pretty much your standard of what we saw last year. But on the inside, man, the ability. I mean, I would slide Briggs inside. I would obviously have Fabo out there and Fisk. I mean, these are huge dudes. Yeah, I. so I would say on passing downs, if it's pass obvious third down, I want Briggs in the interior. Yeah, I want his. You I want his ability to be quick, to to be uh, to our benefit. But I don't know who the next guy would be, and that's interesting because we have a holdover in Fabian Lovett. But I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that you want out there on third and ten because maybe it is Fisk. Like that's the thing. Oh, well, we don't know we have, another yeah. piece to the puzzle that you don't know a whole ton about, and how he's going to play. Not at Western Michigan but against power five offensive linemen. And the great thing about where we are as a program right now is when he goes into this camp, this spring camp and fall camp, you're going to see reliably speaking what he will look like against the power five offensive linemen because we finally have them. And it's been forever since we've had them. And you never knew what the hell a defensive lineman was actually capable of against an offensive line because we never had a good one of them. So I look forward to figuring out where he fits. But I think Fisk is the big question mark here about is he a specialist, is he a three-down type player? Well, the beauty also, to add to your uh, enthusiasm and excitement based around both quality of talent up front and also depth, is the competitive reps they're going to get in practice coupled with the rest they're going to get in the games. Yeah, You will now see a much more explosive version of all of our defensive linemen the interior big guys especially, if they've got it to collapse the pocket, they can because they're not going to be exhausted for having to play too many reps. You can come out and we can replace you with a quality defensive lineman. The best teams do exactly that. Guys always look like they're going 100 miles per hour and they jump off the TV if you're watching a game at home and you're like, why is it their defensive lineman? Well, because that dude's not having to play 65 snaps. He's not. He's in there because he's being asked to play 35 snaps at 100 miles per hour because the next guy's going to do the same and the next guy's going to do the same. So if we have an 85-snap game, a 90-snap game, 
Three guys can rotate, and they can go balls to the wall because they're going to get taken out for the next series. They don't have to be back out there. And so I just think you're going to see a much better version of Fabian Lovett who gets hurt in the first freaking game and then has to worry about that injury all year long. He misses a ton of games, but he also wasn't a guy that when he came back, A, could really we could afford to have off the field all that much. You know, he had to be out there, and he wasn't, I don't think, any longer in the kind of shape he was coming out of camp because he missed all that time with the injury. I just think you're going to see a much better version. It's a payday version of Fabian Lovett that you got to see. He'll be made better by the fact that he won't have to play so many reps. I would argue that some of the veteran players that you already know what you have in you know, some of these games that you're playing against the North Alabamas of the world, I mean, how much Fabian Lovett do you need to see? How much, uh, you know, how much of these, any of the, the veteran big guys do you need to see against Southern Miss? Uh, I mean, you, you know what I mean? You've already burned the shirt for three really good interior defensive linemen. And, you know, one was an academic red shirt for Tafasi, but get those guys in there and get them the experience. You don't have to worry about counting against the four anymore. And there is so much to parse through. I, I want to be clear real quick on Fabian. If it's third and medium, I want him out there. But if it's third and 12, I don't know if he's the best option. He might be if he could play at 100 miles an hour. The other thing I'd say about the relationship of defensive interior when you've got multiple guys there is if Robert Cooper was at 100%, then Fabian Lovett would look better for it. Yeah, Because it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. These, these things all work in tandem. They all work in tandem. And the fun part is, I think when we get to a third and long situation, you're going to have to pick your poison because a healthy Jared Verse, a healthy Lovett, Fisk, maybe Daryl Jackson gets involved here, Patrick Payton. I mean, it's just like, which guy do you double because you can't leave in more than maybe one extra player to block in that situation. So somebody's going to come free, but let's say Fisk is 100% healthy for the bulk of the season, and so is Fabian. That in turn just makes the other guy better because, you know, Robert Cooper, I think, was playing on one busted wing. Clearly. Which, I mean, that that severely hampers the way that they can scheme up to stop you. Yeah, Big Coop was hurt all year, guys. Uh, we couldn't talk about it as much as we wanted to. He really couldn't either, but he was playing with one wing. It was obvious that he was out there just giving it a go. And he's such a big guy that sometimes you get away with it. But against the better teams and the better offensive lines, he proved to be ineffective because against those offensive lines, he got moved around rather easily because he, he was playing with one arm. I mean, uh, I, I think that was obvious. And so I hope, obviously, we, we, we get a guy in there that's healthy and we don't have to rely on people who aren't. That's the depth thing that we keep going on and on about. By the way, in obvious past situations, as we were going back over this, um, you know, it, it's it's Patrick Payton off the one side versus off the other side. Uh, and then in the interior, you know, you're going to have fun with Lovett in there and, and Fisk in there and probably. But, uh, you know, Briggs could slide inside, like you said, as well. Well, you could even, I mean – versus large enough to go fight in the inside third and obvious if you wanted to get McClendon out there or you know if you wanted to get just another pass rusher that happened with Demarcus Walker in his career and it proved to be a, a great oh, part yeah. of yeah. his production value I think it increased his draft stock that anytime he went against a guard on third and obvious he made him look foolish so even if it is one of your stud players and in that case Demarcus Walker was by far your best pass rusher in 2016 you can still move that player around. Yeah. And Adam Fuller has, has proven to do that a couple of years ago, better examples because they were more productive examples, but he would line up Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas next to each other. So this is a coach who has proven in his scheme that even though guys are considered rush ends and they term it whatever you want, buck and box and all that kind of stuff, he will line them up together to game up some opportunities to free one of those guys up to make a splash play in the backfield. So it gets fun there. 
The harder part and the tougher question to answer is, in third and run, what's your four? Because Jared Verse needs to be tough in order to hold up and be an absolute guy out there on third and one or third and two. You like what you have in the defensive interior, but then is your fourth guy Dennis Briggs on the edge? Is it going to be this Edmund kid? Or does Fisk, can he line up out there and then you bring uh, Jackson out? That's going to be a tougher one to solve. I'm going to have an old band moment as we finish up with ISF solving the future segment, and that is that uh, we can do away with all these stupid names for positions. Let's, Let's stop the nonsense. You're a linebacker, you're a defensive end, you're a defensive tackle. You're a safety, you're free safety, you're a strong safety. If you'd like to want to add that in there, fine, you can do that. We're done here. That's the end of it. Middle linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end, nose tackle, defensive tackle, safety, cornerback. That's all you are. You can run around, move all around. You can call yourselves, I don't care if you call yourselves freaking lizards. Stop doing it. You're a middle linebacker. That's the mic. You're an outside linebacker. You're a defensive end. You're a free safety or strong safety. You're a nose tackle or a defensive tackle. That's it. That's all there is. There is nothing else. Stop calling them things that they're not. I think I'd like defensive interior players to be Mario's and then <laughs> edge players to be Lu- Luigi's. Can we do that? No? I'm, just, I'm, so, I'm tired of it. It's stupid. And and it, it gets worse every year. I hear a new name for the, an old position every year. I'm like, what? What? He's a submarine? What does that even mean? What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Coach, why do we have two Marios? Can I be a Bowser? You know, that's King Koopa. You know, can I be a Bowser? He could be the Mario. He could be the Waluigi. There's the Luigi. We got a, uh, some Koopa Troopas behind us. This reminds me of your Mr. Pink. <laughs> yeah. Your name is Pink. That's it. Any other questions? Why do I have to be Mr. Because you are. The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 all right so need to segue quite comfortably from solving the future with our friends and partners at ISF to uh, to the tub, Matthew. We got to make our way over to the tub. You got a little time yet? You got a little time because the music's no longer in progress. You still got to remove that thing. We got we get everybody's going to be tub. T- I know you got six things going on at once, buddy. You need to be an octopus. Let's do some tub talk. Here we go. 
It's time for Tub Talk. Brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now, it's live to the tub. I don't know if you know this, Tom, but our friends at Pinch-A-Penny have invited us over there to hang out in the tub. Yeah, yeah. The campaign is going so smoothly. They have said, let's uh, roll on over here and uh, start looking at some tubs. Now, I don't know if that means that we're going to get to pick out hot tubs. Yeah, do they just want us to be in the showroom sitting in the tubs? and like? I could do people, that for or... the right price. You're going to put me in a tub? Hey, I'm hanging out in the tub. How is everybody? Now, if they're going to say pick one, you know, where do I sign? And where, when do we go? You'd fly home tonight. If they told you... That you get a free hot tub if you could be there tonight? You'd be on a plane tonight? I think I would. Well, yeah, hell yes, you would. That's crazy if you wouldn't. I'd fly you home. What are we doing? Let's go. Yep. Let's go get a that tub. Would be a, that would be a net gain, I do believe. Yeah. Yes. Even with an expensive flight from LaGuardia or JFK or Newark. Yeah. 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 No, you got to do it, buddy. It'd be, it'd be outstanding. Uh, so, anyhow, go over to the showroom there at Pinch Penny and check out like 50 different tubs. They got your family tubs, your singular tubs, the whole deal. I do want to go over there and look at the tubs. Thinking about getting one. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You should, too. You've got the space. I do. And I think it's just, I know right where it would go. I know right. One side over there, uh, the, the one deck over there, Tom, is the one where I have the, the grill, you know, the pit master, the whole thing. And then the other, the other side, I've got room for the tub if I don't add on. So that's what, that's what we're looking at here. I'm excited about it. Okay. Uh, the tub talk would be this, all right? I hinted at it earlier, but the cool thing about the matchups this weekend, the more I feel like, okay, if we're picking a team that we think for elimination pools, getting back to this, just a team, if you're in an elimination pool, the team to pick this weekend is fairly obvious. You're going to take Kansas City. I think you can argue right now that Kansas City is the best team in either conference, playing the best at the right time with the most amount of weapons. So Kansas City, to me, is the best team right now. I have question marks about other elements of the team. Like, for example, let's say, let's just say you think the Giants are on one hell of a roll and they're going to pull an upset and knock off Philadelphia. Now, it wasn't long ago that you saw the Giants play the Eagles. In fact, it was week 14, Tom, and they lost 48 to 22. Is Danny Dimes just looking good in the flavor of the month right now because the Vikings' defense is that bad? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think that the Giants are well-coached, and I think he got better. But, yes, I also think that the Vikings' defense helped him look exceptionally uh, prepared and, and, and maybe more than he really will look now that he's facing them uh, a better, a much better defense. The, the 49ers dominated Dallas uh, up front. The offensive line, the Cowboys are better this year. I'm talking about the last time they faced each other. Um, Dallas could be in that game, and I know that I saw it on your face. You kind of think they will be because I think Dallas might be able to run the ball, and if they do, that game could be interesting. Yeah, two things can be true. They sound the opposite. I think the country is overvaluing Dallas for what they did to Tampa. Sure. But I do think that given San Francisco's quarterback issues, and the fact that Dallas is pretty good on both 
in both uh, sides of the trenches. I mean, if this game's a race to 21 or 24, Dallas is absolutely going to be in that football game. Yeah. It's, so I, why am I bringing these teams up and their weaknesses? I'm not going to their strengths. I'm namely pointing out their weaknesses. It is just to argue that all of the teams seem to have an issue, something that can be exploited, something that has you concerned. For example, uh, Dallas, well, can we just start with the kicker? Uh, that, you know, Brett Maher is a problem. Have you ever seen anything like that? I don't remember anybody missing that many extra points ever. That was extraordinary. I kind of giggled. I hate to see it. It is weird to watch people fall apart right in front of you, but it happened. Now, I know they brought on another kicker, but they're going to San Francisco with that guy as their kicker. Stand-up job by the players, by the way, when asked to talk about him to do the right thing. They did a good job. That's what teammates should do. They, they did better than you would, right? <laughs> if I were his teammate, I probably wouldn't publicly rip him. I might say something to him on the field, but I'm not going to publicly rip him if he's a decent guy, if he's a decent guy. But so Dallas has that concern. Um, I don't think Cincinnati runs the ball as well as they did a year ago. And Joe Burrow bails them out because they've got elite receivers and he's really, really good and pre-snaps as well as anybody. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that I, I think they're going to have a hard time winning that game. Meanwhile, if I were going to criticize the Bills, there's no doubt you would be um, you, you'd be blind not to point out that they're not the same team since Von Miller was has been absent, and and he's a guy that um, helped them immensely. We'll see if they get a pass rush with four down rushers. Uh, you know, Miami missed some open throws because they were on their third string quarterback, and he had some time. Uh, Buffalo needs to get back to. I think now that we're down to the nitty gritty of the uh, of the playoffs, where we are, Josh Allen's got to become a runner again. They're so much more effective when he runs. So yeah, we I can mean, do this I, with every team. It's fun. We did the exercise based upon what teams we think would advance before in the show. To me, I don't think there's any question that it's Kansas City and then Buffalo. It's not like that's a big surprise. It's how we felt before the season started. But those are the two best teams. Cincinnati's flaw, it's still getting Joe Burrow hurt or hit slash hurt way, way, way too often. So that's that's their fatal flaw. The the team closest to flawless is Kansas City. The next closest is Buffalo. And and then there's a gulf between yeah. two and three. Even with as good as as good as Burrow is, I think there's still a gulf yeah. between those two and the third team. But but Cincinnati would be third on the list, in my opinion, and then it would start yeah. being it would get interesting. Although I, I guess you could argue between Cincinnati and San Francisco if we include both leagues. I mean, it, that's it's close. I I just admire Shanahan. He finds ways to win with, uh, as I described it earlier, bums at quarterback. He plays great defense all the time. It's almost like his quarterbacks are uh, – his offense is quarterback-proof in the way that you think about, you know, like, hey, I'm you're going to succeed regardless if you think you can. I am going to set it up so that you succeed. You're going to make plays whether you want to or not, kid. I've got you set up here. The way I design this offense, the way we run the ball – you're going to have success. It is, it's, it's really cool to watch, and coaching matters. So it's, um, it's hard to pick against San Francisco right now on that side of the ledger. No, it's just like New England. With uh, If you're a defensive player, you're going to succeed. The country won't know who you are. Most <laughs> yeah. years, the country can't name three starters on yeah. the New England Patriots 11 or maybe the other top 15, and yet here they are again, you know, and they're giving up 17 to 25 points a game, which in this era of the NFL – is incredible but for offense it's much harder to do for quarterback it's a lot harder to do 
And that's what makes Shanahan just kind of spooky. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So uh, Tom and I's pick, if you have to survive the weekend, is Kansas City. No-brainer, they're playing Jacksonville. But, Butts fans, I came to your rescue last week, told you I was taking the Jags on the money line. I cursed their name in the first half. I celebrated their existence in the second half. And I'm here to tell you, I'm rooting for you this weekend. It'd be fun to see. Last thing in the in the yeah we gotta go we're getting yelled at yeah. Would you be shocked by any result? Would Jacksonville winning shock you? And if so, would would any other or is that it with Jacksonville? That's it with Jacksonville. That would be the one. And I don't know that I'd say I'd I'd be shocked. I would be fairly stunned. Goodbye, T. Lizzie. Goodbye, Director Matthew. Thank you, everybody. Be well. Have a great rest of your day. On into the evening. We will talk tomorrow.